This is the 10th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and in some exciting news, I finally got my diploma. The first version had my uh, first and last name misspelled, yeah, so (laughs) they kind of had to redo that. So it was a very exciting day that I finally got the actual diploma. It was very, very exciting. If you don't know me, I have a background uh, researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys, which at the time I stumbled upon them, nobody took me seriously or that the group would be a problem. Wow, a lot has changed in the past six years. Okay, so this week, crazy week. We had a crazy week last week and I have a crazy week this week. The headline, Fox News, woke is the word. The mask mandates are dead, but we're still mad, which pretty much sums them up. A typical Fox viewer last week would believe the country is going down the toilet due to the woke mob that the mask mandates are the greatest threat to civil liberty in the history of humanity, and if something terrible happened anywhere in the world, Joe Biden did it. That's pretty much Fox News. That sums them up. Um, So it was pretty funny, and for some bizarre reason, woke was the word. I'm not sure what was going on, but I've noticed this pattern before, and it's a common pattern in um, propaganda, the, the use of repetition. You'll see it in advertising as well and marketing. So I'm just going to play this for you and you'll get a sense. I went through uh, each transcript looking for the word woke and then selected the clips. You'll see this is from the first clip is from the first day of the week to the last. Here you go. The the woke crowd in woke land means it's woke laws that put dangerous criminals back onto the street with these woke Democrats like Bragg, his prosecutor. Mm -hmm. This is a democracy. And so we have people in L.A. and New York that are electing woke liberal officials that come back the woke left and frankly woke parents have the right to do the same they have you know we talk a lot about the woke nature of education and their woke agenda to all these woke corporations disney is is just becoming this woke corporation you got to be wondering what why have they gone so woke the whole thing of the company going woke could make us go broke when it comes to our stocks and speaking of woke as yours probably has elon tweeted the woke mind virus some businesses have gotten woke. He was woke before woke against Disney's woke agenda. It's t- what the company's woke agenda could and still had bad news for the woke world of Disney. The th- for every CEO, you get involved in woke politics, somebody could come after you. I think the lesson, the bigger lessons might be in these bottom lines. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's a trail a of broke, woke companies out there. So, you know, Tucker, I, I, having having a prosecutor who is woke is we're talking about wokeness so what's funny about that little montage that i made is basically all i did is i went through transcripts and just searched for woke it wasn't that i was cutting out things where they said politically correct or progressive or liberal they just they never said those things they just said woke and um they are very defensive about this and that i've seen them on air say we're not told what to say we speak completely independently we are not we are not told what to say yet I've seen this multiple times, and I think the most glaring was right after Russia invaded Ukraine. 
that week or so, um, everyone from guest to host to um, experts came on and all said the same thing as if they were the first to think of it. They'd go, you know what we should do to fix this problem is I bet if we reopened the Keystone XL pipeline, that would make this problem go away and oil would be cheap again and we wouldn't be dependent on Russia. And I saw person after person after person act as if they had just come up with this idea, which was just, you know, downright laughable. So the wokeness was mostly due to not just, um, they were talking about criminal justice that, that kept coming up, but there was mostly due to this battle in Florida between the Disney Corporation and the state of Florida over the Parental Rights and Education Bill, HB 1557. Um, that was signed into law last month. And Disney immediately said, we're going to do everything we can to repeal it. And then Governor Ron DeSantis lost his, you know, freaked out. The Senate and House of Florida both uh, voted on and then Governor DeSantis signed a law that took away Disney's special tax situation where they basically were their own self-governed land and now they don't have that anymore and they've had it for like 50 years so it's kind of crazy and i'm not going to comment on the tax ramifications of that yet because i have seen very conflicting information and i don't want to i'm not an expert and i didn't have time to really dig deep into that so i don't feel comfortable discussing it but uh, i'm sure that will come out over over time how that's going to play out for florida taxpayers but I want to go over the actual bill that caused all this craziness. So it was basically um, the parental rights and education bill was started due to fears of critical race theory, which is a college level course that is not taught to little kids. But there's this whole fear. It's become like a boogeyman on the right of like, oh, no, you're going to teach my kids about racism. And you're going to tell them they're racist. But it's kind of hype. Um, but anyway, because of that and because that snowballed into, oh, we've got to ban books and then that snowballed into they're going to start telling our children about uh, gay people and they're going to groom them and they're going to make them trans. Um, that was sort of the fear. So the Florida law has a, a number of things that it stipulates. And the first one is that no sexual orientation or gender identification will be taught to children K through three. So kindergarten through third grade. And that seems reasonable, I guess, um, except if you're a child with gay parents who the, the law is written in such a way that it's so broad. Um, it's not very specific about like you basically says you can't talk about gay at all. That's why when people say don't say gay, they say, oh, how dare you? Because gay is not even in the bill. But sexual orientation equals gay. It can. So that's kind of a problem. But then. The other thing it does, so it basically says you can't talk about sexual orientation through K through three. And then the second one is, this is really crazy. Parents have the right to sue the school district over any instruction they don't agree with. So just imagine how insane that's going to be. I mean, that could be anything from even the basics of evolution to anything scientific. It's just, I mean, that's completely, history, give me a break. Like any, like are you supposed to just be like, our founding fathers were glorious men who never did anything wrong. And even though Thomas Jefferson had this twisted relationship with a child who happened to be a slave, we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to say he's a great human being. You know, like, I don't know. Not that you would tell a third grader that story, but it seems a little crazy that parents can, like, chime in and sue anytime they don't like 
anything that you're teaching. And then the third thing that this bill includes is it's supposed to notify parents when their child receives mental health services. And again, that seems reasonable on the surface. But what if you have a kid who is uh, decides that he's gay or she's gay or somewhere on that spectrum and they know that their parents are not going to be down with it and they're terrified and they want to go seek help through a counselor, which would be a very healthy thing for a kid to do. And the counselor has to tell the parent. I mean, it's just kind of, that's bad. I mean, I understand, like, if you have a kid who's suffering from depression, or if you have a kid who's, who might be bipolar or have any sort of number of mental health issues, that would be a very, very good thing to inform the parents. But there is kind of this gray area. And then what makes this even crazier is there's already a law on the books in Florida that actual sex education is not taught until the fifth grade. But of course, Fox viewers don't know that because Fox is selling this as if this bill doesn't pass, then teachers are going to talk about graphic sex to a five-year-old or, to, you know, a six-year-old or seven-year-old. And that's not, they're not actually allowed to do that by law. And then I'm sure like every other sex education curriculum across the country, it's very strictly regulated. And I'm sure that no teacher can just go, you know, I'm just going to go rogue <laughs> and, and start talking about crazy stuff. Like, I I cannot imagine that any state would allow that. Just a teacher like, we just let you make up the curriculum about sex education. We just, you know, we just feel like you can deep reach deep inside and come up with something fun. I mean, no state would do that. Not even like California or New York. No state would do that. I'm sure that there's very rigid standards about what we would teach a child. And I think fifth grade is reasonable. So, so the, yeah, there's a lot of craziness. And I include a lot of links, including some constitutional um, avenues that they can maybe work to get this um, law repealed or amended. And there was, a, there was a case of Tinker versus Des Moines School District in 1969, where the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that children have First Amendment rights. Teachers don't. It's kind of a gray area because a teacher has to basically, like I was just saying, follow the guidelines and regulations of the district that they work for. They cannot just go rogue. They can't just make up a lesson plan about something crazy. Um, they're not supposed to, at least. Um, and so, but the, 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 the rights issue, the first rights issue has to do with children and that children still have the right to free speech. So if a child has two dads or two moms and they want to talk about their family, that would be a way that they could argue that this law is unconstitutional. Um, so I go into that a little bit. And then I also discuss kind of how Fox has been doing some really deviant things with this law and that they are trying to act as if it's encouraging pedophilia or teachers to molest or groom children. There's a great um, shot of a graphic that Laura Ingram used that says doom and groom. And it's just hideous with children in desks as if this is all some sort of plot to indoctrinate children, to force them to be LGBTQ or trans, which is absolutely crazy. And then I included an old video, I'm not going to play it on the podcast, but it is on the newsletter if you want to see it, of Tucker Carlson, where he misgenders a trans woman eight times in two minutes. And it was so bad, I had to take out all the times he misgendered her in order to put it on Twitter or YouTube. 
Um, and so, and the other thing that people keep, this panic that like a third grader is going to run out and be like, mommy, I want to change my gender and instantly go on puberty blockers is completely um, insane. So I looked this up and I found this was from a primary source. I love when I can find a primary source. The average age of gender reassignment is 29.5 years old. So that is very much an adult. That's basically a 30 year old. Um, and that's in an article called Trends in Gender Affirming Surgery in Insured Patients in the United States that was published in 2018. Um, and the other one is the not all children who are trans go on puberty blocking medication, but the average age of children who do is 14. And I don't know enough about the science or medicines to really speak about this intelligently. I, will, I have included a lot of links in the newsletter if you'd like to read them. And these are very... Um, primary sourced, very not opinionated, incredibly dry scientific type of articles. Um, so I would highly recommend them if, you, if you're more interested in that subject. So I'm not gonna really speak about what the right thing to do is, but I'm not an expert. And um, apparently the puberty blocking medication can be reversed. So it's not like they're cutting anything off or they're altering genitals or doing anything like that. I don't quite understand the science, but I, like I said, I'm not an expert, so I'm not gonna be like, this is how it should be, or anything like that. And then finally, this whole panic about trans people, which I have seen incredibly transphobic things on Tucker Carlson's show specifically, um, lesser on Laura Ingram, and just across the board. There's just, it's perfectly fine to trash trans people on Fox. Um, but it's only estimated that 0.6% of the US population identifies as transgender and an increasing number of patients are presenting for gender-related medical and surgical services. But they don't really know, but that's still a very, very tiny, tiny sliver of the population. So I don't think that Floridians need to be this panicked. There's new laws like the ones in Florida in at least 20 states right now. So this is gonna be coming a, a war, a battle all over the country. And then the other thing that's very sinister about how Fox covers this, and I, they do cover this in a terrible way, because they literally make it out like your child's going to be molested if you don't agree with us, um, is that this is all echoing the, the whole QAnon, the conspiracy theory QAnon, which is completely insane if you've read anything about QAnon, um, where there's like child sacrifice and child sex trafficking, which is just utter nonsense. But, you know, it's part of this bizarre far-right Republican base that they're basically catering to. And it's scary because one of, uh, you know, the Pizzagate conspiracy theory had something to do with that. It wasn't with QAnon. It was sort of like pre-QAnon, but it involved like sex, uh, child sex trafficking. And a man showed up at a pizza parlor with a gun and the pizza parlor didn't even have a basement. He thought the kids were in the basement. So that's what's scary. But like, do we really want to feed this? I, Fox doesn't seem to care. So I included a bunch of sources on that. I have a lot of clips this week, so I'm going to be flying through them because I think the, the clips are worth it. And the next topic that I wanted to talk about was the mask mandate. And this was really crazy because, as we know, there was a federal judge also in Florida who struck down Biden's latest extension of the mask mandate that was only going to extend it two more weeks for airplanes and other modes of, of public transportation. And on Fox, you'd think they'd be elated about this. Instead, they just had segment after segment where they were like, I can't believe these mask mandates. 
And you're like, yeah, they were repealed. But they still, they were still really worked up and really angry. Like, how dare they? There's a mask mandate in Philly, which has also been repealed. And there's a mask mandate on the New York City subways. Oh my, there's, what? this is outrageous. So they were still screaming and, you know, complaining about something that's pretty much over. And this first clip, the clip that I'm going to play is from Fox and Friends. And this was sort of an accidental find. I, I noticed that they told the joke at the top of the first hour, second hour, and third hour, which you'll see. And I'm just going to play it, and you can hear how ridiculous this is. Welcome. That, if, you took a, if you took a car service in, you didn't have to wear your mask in New Jersey. But once you went through the tunnel, did you have to put it back on? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, we're all confused, for we're sure. We're very confused. I mean, I'm about to head to JFK Airport later today. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they say you have to wear a mask, but I'm going to wear no mask. Well, you have to I'm wear one at JFK, but you don't have to wear one at Newark Airport. That's right. Is that really? Change that's your flight. Flight. That's right. Change your flight. Um, well, I'm not going to wear one either way and wait until someone says I got to put one on. That's the first hour. Here's the second hour. I just want to fly. Now you can fly without a mask. In most places. In most, right. well, in the on air. The plane, on the plane, you don't have to wear your See, mask. See, that's the question. There are some airports in New York where you're not allowed to uh, take your mask off yet. So does that mean you can take your mask off right when the plane takes off? Is I it when the so. peanuts are given? Is it when you hit 10,000 feet? I think when you get on the plane. Well, but you're still at the JFK You're at the airport. airport. You're still right, at the airport. Right. I'm hoping they just, once you get on the plane, they're like, you know. Yeah, this is the third hour. We, we're so confused about the masks. This morning when we're reading all the articles and studying for the show, we're, we need to tell you, you don't have to wear a mask if you're at the airport out in, in Newark, your airport, your airport. I was doing but, an interview with an MTA worker, and you came over with your sheet of paper to say, okay, Pete, let's, right, here's where right, you can, here, here's where you can't, here's where you exactly. can't. It's beyond It's confusing. like uh, TSA says no longer enforcing it. Most of the major carriers, the, the airlines, are saying masks are optional. They thought that was absolutely hilarious. they like, oh, my God, how what a cut up mask mask confusion so i was instantly like well if you hear your fox uh loving grandpa going how do you know about when to wear these masks you know where he got it okay or grandma you know it could be a grandma or a parent or a co-worker okay the next little segment is what i my favorite called clutch your pearls and that's when they get upset about something biden did that trump did all the time so Kind of self-explanatory. Clutch your pearls! We begin with a message to the White House press secretary and soon-to-be MSDNC employee Jen Psaki. Now, last week, during a public event with her far-left friends, well, Jen Psaki smeared our very own Peter Ducey and this network. Listen to this. We have to talk about Peter Ducey for one second. Sure. Is he a stupid son of a bitch? Or does he play a stupid son of a bitch on TV? He works for a, a network okay. that um, provides people with questions that nothing personal to any individual, including Peter Ducey, but might make anyone sound like a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> now, I wonder if that means it's open season now. The, the woke crowd has put their seal of approval on calling people stupid son of a bitches. Well, I mean... Hmm. Oh, I can start with a pretty big list myself. But not only what Jen Psaki is doing by trashing Peter Ducey, she's also lying, as per usual. Peter's questions are his own. He is respectful in how he asks the questions. He asks very good, timely questions surrounding important topics like the crisis at our southern border, the crisis in Afghanistan, the inflation crisis, the oil and gas crisis, the COVID crisis, the COVID hypocrisy. 
and every other crisis this administration pretty much mangles every single day. So let's face it, the Biden White House is a train wreck, and they hate being held accountable by Fox News. Well, too bad. See how even in that clip, he's like, they don't tell him what to say. And I'm like, sure, yeah. We only see the exact same phrasing throughout multiple shows in a given week, in a given day. The exact same phrasing. But you're going to tell me that he's not told what to say. He's not nudged or guided in any way, shape, or form on how to, to phrase his questions to the, okay, sure. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, and I would love to uh, point out that Peter Ducey is Steve Ducey's son. They look exactly the same. Yeah, I wonder how he got that job. Anyway, I call him a nepotism hire, and I do not apologize for that because the industry, sadly, is full of nepotism. And, uh, you know, my dad was an auto mechanic, so I don't know how that's going to help me out at all. Anyway, I'm just kidding around, but no, my dad was an auto mechanic. Okay. And, I mean, we all know that Trump literally called the press the enemy of the people and berated and screamed at people, insulted people, called them stupid. Um, just come on. I mean, I could literally play 20 minutes straight of him insulting the press. So it's, it gets a little ridiculous when they get all like offended by anything that Biden does. So, uh, next up, this is, I want to just say before I play this, that I do not give my opinion regarding any Democrat ever. So I'm not going to give my opinion about Bernie or Hillary or Biden. I'm just neutral as far as the show is concerned the purpose of this show is to break down Fox News, not to give my personal political opinion. Next, the voice you're going to hear is Laura Trump, just to give you a little bit of context. How many times, Ainsley, have we heard about Hillary Clinton possibly making a comeback, possibly running for president again? Now Bernie Sanders is a possible contender. Bernie Sanders, by the way, will be 83 years old by the time 2024 the election rolls around. Um, it's a tough spot the Democrats are in. Who has a better shot, Bernie Sanders or uh, Joe Biden? I mean, we've become so progressive as a country, and all the young people probably would vote for Bernie Sanders. Well, I mean, if you ever wanted to know what radical progressive policies look like in America, look no further than Joe Biden. He's implemented a lot of them, and you see... So you heard that correctly. She just called uh, Joe Biden a radical progressive. I, I mean... Seriously, that's what she just did. Now, this is the take on the five, how they felt about uh, the possibility of Senator Biden running. Bernie Sanders looking pretty good right there, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, to, as far as a candidate goes, the Democrats. And you know what? Bernie Sanders may be 80 years old, but, you know, they stole it from him with the, that whole thing with Hillary and Donna Brazil and all that other stuff. You know, maybe it is his turn. I'm not saying that I support him, but at least he's smart. He's got the energy. He knows what he's doing. That, you know, the, the whole thing about Bernie Sanders saying he's going to run again. I was listening to a podcast earlier, and, there, <laughs> yeah. and they said this memo about Bernie Sanders leaked. No, it didn't. It was purposely given to the media so that the story would get out there and so that Bernie Sanders can continue to raise money. I would completely agree with uh, Dana Prino on that. Um, it was definitely leaked, and it's definitely for fundraising. So uh, they also get excited, weirdly, only in a different way when they make up stuff about Hillary Clinton running for president, even though Hillary's not indicated that she would at all, but they'll be like, she gave a speech, she's running for president. And... <laughs> Basically, all they want is division among Democrats. I, I, and I think they believe that Bernie Sanders would be easier to beat um, or Hillary would be easier to beat than Joe Biden as much as they rip on Joe Biden. They even uh, kind of joked at one point that AOC might run, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So I, they just want division. 
I don't know if they really care about which candidate. They just want Democrats fighting with each other. And the next clip is my uh, favorite uh, Democrat. I'm being sarcastic when I say that, which would be Tulsi Gabbard being Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, Sean, you know, I, I'm not a political pundit, but I can say very clearly, yes, I support that bill uh, that passed in Florida. And I think, frankly, it probably didn't go far enough. Um, you know, it's stopping at third grade. It, it should have, frankly, gone gone farther. Uh, but this is not a so partisan issue. This is about to? challenging. I mean, I don't know, 12th grade? That's, how, how that's do you, what how I think you it should be. This? While kids are... Exactly. Let the parents take care of it. Now... So that clip goes on a little bit longer, and it ends in Tulsi and Hannity just cackling together joyously. Um, I snipped it a little bit because Hannity plays this, like, very annoying music underneath the ends of his clips, and it's distracting in a podcast. But yeah, cackling, best friends. So if you don't remember, like, if you're new to the podcast last week... I had the first tweet I've ever written in my life that got a million views. And it was Jesse Waters telling a joke or a story. It was hard to know where he said he basically kind of semi-stalked his now wife when she was a 25-year-old intern. He claimed he let the air out of her tires and he thought it was like cute. And it was really kind of an awful clip. Anyway, it it blew up. It got published in like 26 publications. It got a million views. It was this huge big deal. And um, suddenly I think Fox News started to pay attention to my account. So that was pretty funny because like I think it was Friday. Uh, I posted a, kind of a bad joke about Greg Gutfeld. I'm not going to play it for time. It's just going to take too much time if I play it. It's not that great of a clip. And he tells a kind of a lame joke about uh, $19 soup. And Judge Pirro says, they're lazy. People who didn't want to commute to work because of the cost. And she's like, they're lazy. They're lazy. And so um, it was instantly retweeted by Greg Gutfeld. And I fell over laughing. It got viewed like 30,000 times. I had like five trolls come to my account. And then five. And then I joked that uh, if there was an intern from Fox paying attention to my feed, that they were welcome. Hi. Enjoy. Um, so that was pretty funny. It was it just absolutely cracked me up. So the last clip of the week is Dubious Expert of the Week. And this one made me jump out of my skin because of my background. Um, it is the legal expert discussing um, a legal expert they use quite a bit on Fox and he's discussing the Alec Baldwin case because there were some developments in the accidental shooting on the Rust set. And he gets the he gets the union wrong. And I know this because I was a member of that union for like 20 some odd years. And he calls it's kind of complicated, but he basically calls actors equity like the governing body for film. And that's completely wrong. Uh, actors equity is the governing body for theater. I'll play the clip. When you take a look at the report, it makes matters worse for Alec Baldwin. Yes, it says the assistant director failed to check the gun before he gave it to Baldwin, but Baldwin has an independent separate duty to check the gun himself. It's in the actor's equity rules and regulation. That's the standard in the industry. He breached that standard by failing to open the gun, check the cylinders and the barrels. Had he done so, he would have noticed it's not a blank, it's a live round. No, 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 and no. Actor's equity, stage union. The union that covers film and television is Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, SAG-AFTRA. Get it right. Come on. Basic. And think about it. Why on earth would an actor whose job is to act in a scene 
be in charge of having to know what a blank or a live ammunition round looks like. They're not. It's never the actor's responsibility to inspect weapons, to inspect bullets. Absolutely not. Thirdly, live ammunition should never, under any circumstance, be on a film set. I was livid when this accident happened because, obviously, protocols were not followed. This was a very sloppy, cheaply produced production. Mistakes were made all over the place, but the person who would bear the most responsibility would be the armorer. That's the woman who was in charge of the weapons and whomever hired the armorer and whoever had an environment on set that was this chaotic. So people above her probably would be civilly liable, and that would include Alec Baldwin. But he is not responsible for checking the ammo on a gun, and I don't know where you got this nonsense. I did find an article from the CBC, which is a Canadian, that had... Uh, incorrectly listed actors' equity. And, you know, Can- Canadians don't have the same unions we have. Somebody made a mistake. That somehow got published, and I bet money that's where the Fox intern probably found that information and gave it to the legal expert. I don't think this is, this was intentional. I think this was just a mistake by the way he said it. Because also, think about it. This is an old case. Why would Fox be suddenly breaking this new news about actors' equity this late? No. It's because actor you got the wrong union. That's the stage union. Stage guns are very different than the types of guns that are used in film and television due to the nature of the differences between stage acting, where the audience is very far away, and film, where the camera might be zeroed in on that gun. So the guns used in a theater tend to be not very realistic, and they don't fire blanks most of the time, because the blanks are actually quite loud. So anyway, that just made me nuts, absolutely nuts hearing that. So the final segment, we're going to go a couple minutes over, is stories that Fox ignored that PBS talked about. And here's the first one, which is Biden actually did open up a tiny amount of federal land for oil drilling, which caused a lot of um, condemnation by environmentalists. He also increased the royalties that oil companies would have to pay to the federal government for use of that land dramatically. Um, and it's a, not a very large amount. It may not, it's more like for show that they did this because it's probably going to take years to get that oil out of the ground anyway. Um, and then a recent study by the University of Michigan published in the New England Journal of Medicine showed that gun deaths were the leading cause of death among children and teens in the United States last year. That's terrible. Uh, and then of course the Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney phone conversation that leaked to the press that was involving January 6th, where you see that Kevin McCarthy is not really behind Donald Trump like he says he is now. Um, and that's very, I don't know how they got that that recording. It's completely crazy that they got that recording. Um, but Fox, of course, didn't mention it at all. And then the craziest was they did talk about this, but it was their critique was bizarre. So President Biden gave a speech on Earth Day, and it was at a national park in Washington state. And they had a panel, and it was like Kellyanne Conway, Clay Travis, and another person that I don't remember, but it's not that important. And they were ripping on Joe Biden for this bizarro speech, as they called it. And they said he should have been talking about the border crisis. So they were criticizing the president for talking about the environment on Earth Day. Okay. And then they also uh, were mad, and this was a just bizarre thing to criticize him on, on the setting because he told the speech on a street, but the street was in a national park and you could see the park behind him. So I don't, like really we're picking picking on him for that. Okay, then I include the by the numbers, um, which is I break down the percentages of the top five categories covered on Fox. It's also in the newsletter. It's definitely more of a visual thing than audio, 
But then by the numbers where I break down the words used on Fox News, I personally love doing this because I'm a nerd and I make a giant transcript. And basically, um, Disney was talked about 72 times, Ukraine 75 times. The mask mandate was 41 times, woke 33, Bernie 21. And where it gets really goofy is like Zelensky was mentioned once. And then inexplicably, Clinton and AOC always make this list. Uh, AOC was mentioned twice. Hillary Clinton was mentioned eight times. January 6th, which was a huge story last week, because there's a number of developments, was not mentioned at all on Fox. And next week, I'm going to be covering um, the usual Fox and Friends, The Five, and we're going back into the belly of the beast, which is Tucker Carlson tonight. My least favorite show to watch, but I always get great clips from it because the guy just says insane things. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, reading the newsletter, supporting this project. It is brand new. I got a thousand followers last week due to the Jesse Waters clip, which was just dumb luck on my part. I think the only reason why I noticed that nobody else did was because it was Easter week and the weeks get holiday weeks get wonky on Fox because they shuffle everybody around and everybody goes on vacation. And I think other researchers like myself just weren't working. Um, so I just got really, really lucky. <laughs> so thank you so much. You can check out my, um, TikTok, same name, Instagram, same name. I'm going to try to be doing new things with those channels soon. I'll be back here next Monday night. I'm not sure when it's just when I get it done. And, uh, thank you so much for all your support. I really appreciate it. And my cats, the mascots of the show, Odin and Thor also send their love. Thank you so much. Thank you all for coming. It's nice to make sure.